Well, wonderful. It is great uh, to be back with you and to see some many old friends and uh, meet some new ones. It was great as I came in this morning to meet uh, somebody who'd come from the first time to Jubilee and somebody who'd come back a second time. And so it's wonderful whether you've been here a, a while or new. This is a great place to be and it was wonderful just to be in God's presence uh, as we worship together. You know, do look around right now at the people around you. Aren't you a beautiful bunch? And even up in the balcony, my two brothers up there. Hi, guys. Good to, good to see you. You know, when you look at the people and look at the building that you came uh, into, you know, all of this came about because of prayer. Because people prayed more than 18 years ago. There was churches uh, in York and Leeds, and they began to pray for a new church to be birthed here in the city of Hull. And as they prayed, God spoke to people, including Joe and I, and we ended up then moving to the city to start a Jubilee Church uh, 17 years ago. And since that time, individuals have been praying. We've had some great prayer meetings. And this month of prayer has continued to empower us to hear from God, to seek God, and to see him break through. That's why it's so important, uh, this month of prayer, if you are able to be over there in the east tonight as you gather here on Friday with our other regions beyond church and the other church that we planted out also to the east of the city. It's good to pray because it's in the place of prayer that we're going to see breakthroughs. And we are here because of prayer, God's uh, provision. And uh, so keep on praying. Commit all you can do to gather and to seek God because I believe he's going to answer. He's going to move and he's going to continue to change things. And I don't know, sometimes we forget about the power of prayer, sometimes individually or, or corporately. As I mentioned earlier, uh, God opened up the provision of a building in Walsall we haven't got any people to plant it. We just had a couple uh, who would lead it in their family. But God opened up the door, so we pushed in. And uh, we don't have much finance for all that we need to do, but we believe in God for that. But we took out on this old Brethren building. Good, solid building, but it had some 1980s chairs in there. And these were solid wooden chairs with a, with a bit where you can put the Bible in the back. But they didn't stack. So they're a real pain when you're trying to be, do a place of multicultural and when you're trying to make a place that can be used for all sorts of use. You need chairs that you can put away so you can put out tables and create more space for people. So I said to Cor, well, we just need to get rid of the chairs. So we managed to sell half of them to another church. We put out 25 out the front and one next door neighbour, one by one, they went into her house. I don't know what she's going to do with these chairs. Who knows? And... Uh, the problem is when you give away chairs or you sell them, then you need some more chairs. And so I said to call, we really need, now we got rid of them, we do need some chairs. And uh, those of you who've been up into the Queen's Hall, we've got some blue stackable chairs, which I've always loved because they're so easy to put away and put out. And I said to call, what we need is some of those chairs. Uh, we need about 80 of them. But they're about £1,500 per 40, including the, the trolleys. So I said, well, let's just pray, see what God does. We didn't pray loads. We had one prayer, just God, provide us with some chairs. That week, 
I had a coffee with a pastor. And this pastor is a lovely guy, but he started off by apologising to me. He said, sorry, the last time I had coffee with you, I was really grumpy, wasn't I? Well, yes, you were. He was a little bit upset that we were planting in Hull, but he's got over that. Oh, sorry, in Birmingham. He'd got over that. And he said, but he said, I just want to ask you a question. Do you need any chairs for your new building? So I said, I need 80 chairs. And he said, what sort? I said, I want the stackable ones. He had exactly the same chairs as you've got up in the Queen's Hall. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm lying. Sorry, they weren't exactly the same. They were in the colour that matched the other few chairs we had left. <laughs> God provided these chairs for us. But then we're like, has anybody tried to hire a van recently? It's really expensive. It was about 170 quid. And I'm like, it's only going to take me a short while, an hour or more, just to go and collect the chairs. It's a lot of money to spend. So I rang round, man in a van. It was about the same price. And then Coral said, well, how about the, the scrap man that took the scrap metal? Why don't we ask him? I said, that's great. Ring him. You know, if we give him 100 quid, will he go and get them? And uh, the guy said, no, I don't want to do that. He said, but I'll tell you what, I'll give you the keys to my van. So he turns up the scrap man with his, van, with his keys to the van, and I get and collect the chairs. As I'm driving down the motorway, I'm like, if the police stop me, say, who does this van belong to? Well, Ken. Ken who? Ken the scrap man. <laughs> Do you know where he lives? No. Have you got his number? Oh, no, Coral's got that. So we picked up these chairs. So it was an amazing provision of God just in prayer. Well, hey, the, the problem is with those plastic chairs. There is a problem with them. You can't sit on them too long because they get a bit uncomfortable. So I so said, we do need some better chairs. So I said, oh, let's just trust God for some more chairs. So the next week, just on Facebook, chairs come up at a local tennis club around the corner. So I, I ring them. They said, you can have the chairs. So me and Gino, our other American guy who works with me, we put them in our car and we're chatting to the guy. By the way, they're the same colour that match the other chairs we've been given. And they're comfortable fabric chairs in excellent condition. And uh, as we're walking around, we're talking. And he says to me, he asked me about what we're going to be doing at this building. I said, we're going to open it as a community venue. There is no other community centre on this estate called the Delves Estate. Beautiful estate in the the south of Walsall. We really want to open up to the community to make impact. And of course, we want to share God's love with people as we do that. And uh, he said, do you need any money? Well, yes, because I want to put in disability toilets and I want to sort out the rest of the car park and I want to do the fascia boards. And Ah, he said, um, I'm a trustee of a, a charitable organisation. Why don't you apply to us? So he came last week to help me fill in the application for about 45 grand's worth of finance. So we're trusting God. We haven't got it yet, but we're trusting God for it. Just a simple prayer asking for God's provision of a few chairs. And I've got all these chairs. Chairs are coming out of my ears now. I've got chairs and chairs. It's a chair anointing somebody said I had. Well, today we're going to be looking at the power of God and the power we have in prayer. You've been looking at the book of Ephesians and we're going to continue in there in Ephesians chapter 1. So let's go straight into it. Ephesians chapter 1, and we're going to read from 18 to verse 23. Paul prays this, and he prays this for the church. This is our prayer for us. 
I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparable great power. So turn to your neighbour and say power. For those who believe that power, turn to your other neighbour, say power, is the same as the mighty strength Turn to your neighbour, say strength. strength. He exerted, say exerted. exerted. When he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked. Not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his Feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Those four words we used power, we said power again, strength, and exerted. We're going to come back to because the root word is power, and that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. There was a very rich wealthy American guy who was a journalist, had loads of newspapers. He's a bit like the early Rupert Murdoch, but in the States, had a lot of money, a lot of wealth, published loads of different newspapers all over the United States and then worldwide. And he spent a lot of his money collecting art, collecting treasures. And he was renowned for his international art collection, which spanned different centuries He had loads of sort of Greek vases. He had Spanish and Italian furniture, oriental carpets. Does that sound like your home? He had vestments and he had an incredible library with many books signed by the author. He also had loads of different rare books. When one day he was reading of a particular rare piece of artwork which he was desperate to buy. He was desperate to get hold of. So these people are rich. They have agents who basically are like detective and they research where this art is. They try and track it around the world. And they were sent abroad to try and find this piece of art which he was desperate to have in his collection. And after months, one of the agents came back to him. said, we found it. Of course, he was overwhelmed. Where was it? It was in Mr. Hurt's warehouse. See, he'd been searching for something that actually he had already owned. Had he opened his eyes, had he read the catalogue, had the agents looked through the list of stuff, he would have known that treasure was already his. Now, we can listen to that story and think that's a little bit crazy. However, Paul, as we read this passage, is praying that our eyes, your eyes, my eyes, may be open to the power that is available to us. Because sometimes we do not realise who God is and what he's able to do in us and through us and through his people as we know him, as we seek him. So Paul has talked about the hope of our calling And you've looked at that already. He's talked about how we are his treasured inheritance. And now, as he speaks to the Ephesians and as God speaks to us, he wants us to grasp the immensity of the power 
that is available to us as Christians. See, most of the New Testament was written in a language called Greek, and Greek is a beautiful language, but it's quite hard to understand and to get to grips with. And Greek words often have a number of different meanings. Okay? And in English, we can only express things with one word. In Greek, sometimes they express the same thing in four different words to describe a slightly different aspect or angle. It's such an incredible language. And as we read those verses, there were four different words for power. He talks about his incredible great power for those who believe. And it says about the power is like the working of his mighty strength, power, which he exerted, which he empowered in Christ. So those four words, I'm not going to bore you with Greek because I don't even know it, but I can look up books and the internet. One of those words is dunamis. It's the word for power from which we get the word dynamite. And dynamo form, it's, a, it's like a permeating power like from the sun. Then we saw this word here, strength, energy, was where we got the word energy from. Working power, ability to do work. Then there's kratos, which is concentrated power. You know, like from a laser, pinpoints, the ability to focus. And then there's ichthus, which is potential power, ability to do whatever a person wants. So how, as Christians, do we grasp this power that Paul's talking about that is available to us? Because it's the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. See, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. The consequence of our wrongdoing, our sin, our turning our back on God, deciding to do our own thing rather than go God's way. It separates us from God. It means that God who's holy and pure and awesome and a God of love, we are separate from him because of our wrongdoing, because of what the Bible says is our sin, the mistakes that we make, the hurt that we cause to others, the hurt that we cause to God. And it separates us from our holy God. And there's nothing we can do to bridge that gap There's nothing we can do to know this God who is holy and pure and is set apart, is the creator of the universe. We cannot know him because we are separate from him. By coming to church, by praying, by reading the Bible, by doing good stuff, by trying to do more good stuff like scales. In our community, one of our major faiths is Islam. And what they say is, the more good you can, it's like scales. Hopefully the good will outweigh the bad. But the problem is with that is we are so outweighted by the bad. The Bible says we are sinful. We are cut off. We are separated. But Jesus Christ came from heaven. God's son. Jesus who was perfect was able to take the sin, the punishment, the wrongdoing of our sin upon himself. When he died on the cross, he took the punishment for our sin. He took all our sickness and our pain, our infirmity, and he, 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 he died on the cross. But on the third day, he rose again from the dead. He was resurrected by the power of God, showing there is victory and power over sin and death. It's the power that raised Jesus from the dead. 
And Paul says, do you want to get an idea of what this power is really like? It took Jesus from the lowest point, from the depth of Hades, and raised him up. And then he ascended back to be with his father. That is the same power that is at work in us. That is at work in you. That believe, that know him. It's a dunamis power. So I just want to just look briefly at this word dunamis. Because it's used 170 times in the New Testament. What is this power that's available to us? Well, the Gospels, the, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, tell the stories of Jesus and the disciples that followed him. And it was the dunamis power of Christ at work as he healed the sick. You know, there was a woman who had an incredible illness. She just constantly bled for 12 years. She had a disease that could not be cured. It was embarrassing. It was a shameful thing. And she heard about this man, Jesus. But there were crowds and crowds. But she'd heard the stories of Jesus. She knew he had the power to heal. So this woman wanted to talk to Jesus face to face, but she couldn't because of the crowds. So what does she do? She pushes through and she just grabs the edge of his cloak, his garment. And as she touched his garment, she was instantly healed. The sickness went. Jesus said, what power has gone out from me? This woman's faith as she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. The dunamis power of Jesus all the healing. She'd spent her life savings trying to find a cure. Now she encounters Jesus himself, the one who has true power. Incredible power. She was desperate, but she met the one that could reach her and touch her. Jesus sensed that power going from him by simply touching his cloak. She'd experienced the healing power and dunamis of Christ. Do you know this morning... Jesus is here. Do you know you don't have to push through the crowd anymore? Because he's right here. Even this morning, we can reach out, we can touch him, and we can experience the power of God in our lives to set us free, to break us free from addiction, to bring healing, to bring restoration in our lives. At the Last Supper in John 14, as Jesus had his last meal with his disciples before his death, he said that they would perform the same works as him, and even greater works. And he said, therefore, you must wait in Jerusalem, for a power is going to come, a power from on high. See, these disciples had spent three years with Jesus. Others had followed him as well. And they've been around him. They've been changed by him, by his grace, his power, his love. They'd walked with Jesus. They'd talked with him. They'd heard his teachings. They'd seen his miracles. They'd seen even the resurrected Jesus face to face. And these disciples have been entrusted to carry the good news to the ends of the earth. But they needed more. (laughs) Because it wasn't going to be easy to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So he said... To his disciples, Luke 24, 29, to remain in Jerusalem, and there you will receive power 
dunamis power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and Judea and in Samaria and to the remotest part of the earth. And then we read in Acts 2, as they prayed as they were in the upper room, it said like a violent wind blew and the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they began to speak in other languages, what we call speaking in tongues. And they burst out praising God. People heard them in their own language. And then Peter, who had denied Jesus, who was pretty scared, pretty fearful, empowered by the Holy Spirit, then preaches. And thousands come to know and experience Jesus for the first time. The disciples, given the power of the Holy Spirit, were changed and transformed from the inside out. Not only would these disciples become effective, they then began more and more to pray, to see signs and wonders and miracles. They could now prophesy, speak in tongues, discern spirits through the power of the Holy Spirit. They'd be given insight, wisdom, boldness and authority to speak about the kingdom of God. These once fearful, selfish, at times impulsive disciples became outspoken leaders fully equipped to bring this gospel to the ends of the earth. That same power that raised Christ from the dead, that same power that came on the early disciples, is now the same power at work in us to perform signs and wonders, to give us boldness and clarity, to bring good news to Hull and to this region and to the ends of the earth. It's the same power. But right now, how many of you at times feel really weak and forget that you've got power? Do you ever feel like, it's Monday again, I've got to go back to work, I was so excited on Sunday, and now that my boss is there again, or I've got that same task to do again, or that awkward person at the school gate who always comes and talks to you, And you think, I do need to share something about Jesus with them because they really need him. But it's easier just to move on. Sometimes feel weak in your Christian faith. I do. I feel so ill-equipped, you know. I feel like I don't know anything at times, you know. We have, Joe mentioned, we have a great time at a local pantry and we get opportunities now to pray for the locals that are with us almost every week. We pray for healing. We pray for breakthrough. God's beginning to... And these, particularly the women, are beginning to see what God can do. Although they're still acknowledging, who is this God? Is he Allah? <laughs> or is he Jesus Christ? And we're sharing Jesus with them. But it's that power. But we still make mistakes. You know, I remember very early on, I just having a bit of banter with one of the ladies who'd come in and I just touched her shoulder. She said, get off! <laughs> get off! We don't touch men. I thought, oh yeah, culturally I know that. We don't touch Muslim women. And I thought, oh, God, why have you sent me to Birmingham? <laughs> you know, why have, why have you sent me here? Most people, I mean, it was so lovely. One of the, 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 the women from the, who you knew from the street just came up to me when I was here. And she said, Steve, can I have a hug? I was like, oh, this is lovely. I love this. <laughs> Gave her a wonderful hug. But this, when you feel weak, 2 Corinthians 11. Casey, why don't you just come up with the guys? It says this. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. 
Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. See, you don't have to go around saying, I'm strong, I'm bold, I'm full of power. Sometimes it helps to declare those things. <laughs> but you feel weak? Say, but weak, I am strong. Not because of what I can do, because of what he can do. Because of the power at work in us. Do you feel vulnerable? Do you feel weak? Do you feel my mental health at the moment? I'm just feeling, oh, I can't even do anything. I can barely get up in the morning. Well, God is able to give you some power and strength to get up in the morning, to renew your mind, to begin to help you to move greater on in the journey that he's called you to. His power will be made perfect in weakness. In his weakness, his power is made perfect. And sometimes God will allow the difficulties and the challenge in our lives to display more of his glory. So this morning, I just feel God wants to help us to grasp again, or maybe for the first time, the power that we have through Christ. It is a gift. It's an inheritance. And it is a responsibility to understand the scope of God's power. Paul tells us this truth in his prayer for us in Ephesians. He prays for us that our eyes and hearts would really see the hope to which he's called us and that we understand the power that we have through Christ. He prays that God would open our eyes to this truth. And it's not just that we're sat at home, I know the truth, I know the truth. The reason he tells us is in order that we may go out and tell others. It's no good having all this power if you're not sharing the gospel, if you're not being a great neighbour, if you're not demonstrating love. That's do it together. Why don't we just stand together? This morning, God says, open your eyes. See what I've done. Receive more of my power. And as we receive my power, I'm going to help you be more confident in prayer. Be more confident to pray for others, to pray for breakthrough, for healing. Be more confident to speak about my love and my grace. See, when we receive Jesus as our Lord, as our Saviour, everything changes. And God then fills us with his power. We have his power, authority and strength. It is our inheritance. His power enables us to live. Verse 22 says this. Nothing is able to stand or resist in the way of that power. And God has placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. All things includes what? All things. Everything. Every disappointment, every failure, every curveball, you didn't see coming at you every change, every stress, every anxiety, every challenge you face. Where are these things? Right now they might feel right in front of your face. Where are they? Under the feet of Jesus. Under the feet of Jesus. That's what God wants to do. Yes, we will face challenges. Yes, there will be disappointments and challenge. But it's Jesus who has all the power. And until that day, one day, 
as we're reminded, as Dan in Revelation, one day we're seeing face to face. One day all pain and suffering will come. But until that day, Matthew 6, verse 13 says this. For his is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's just reach out to God. Do you need more of him? Do you need his strength? Do you feel weak this morning? Do you need a breakthrough this morning? We come to Jesus. Jesus, we just welcome you. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come right now. Come and fill us afresh. Come lift our eyes. Fill us with fresh power, fresh faith. Just allow the Holy Spirit just to fill you again, to touch you. Maybe you don't know God here. Maybe you don't understand who Jesus is. But you can reach out to him. You say, God, if you're real, show me. Show me. For some of us, we feel like we're in a dark, dark pit even today. And even in the pit, God wants to reach some more light into you, to remind you. He was in the very depths, and yet his power raised us. One day you will have no more sin or sickness. But until that day, we still pray, Lord, let your kingdom come. Lord, let your kingdom come in this place. Bring your healing, your power. We're going to just respond asking God for more to worship him. As we do that, let's be expectant for God to speak. Let's be expectant for God to move. And if you need prayer, we're going to have an opportunity, Dan, all either time where we just love to particularly pray for people, for fresh power to fill you, for healing to come, for you to know more of him.